The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So as I, I just mentioned that what we're exploring today uh, is a kind of a meditation practice that's, um, it may be a little different for some of you. Uh, it's, it's instead of being focused on uh, going inward to concentrate necessarily, uh, it's more a focused or exploring how to receive the experience of being a human being um, to encourage a receptive awareness. And uh, the, the phrase I used a little bit ago was practicing mindfulness while living. Um, the purpose of our practice in general, the purpose of mindfulness practice in general, is to learn about our minds, is to begin to understand what happens in our minds. So much of what goes on in our minds happens below our conscious awareness, uh, kind of in our subconscious field. And we, we know this, and we see ourselves doing something that we don't remember having initiated. We see ourselves acting out of habits, out of patterns, and sometimes we find ourselves wishing we wouldn't act so much out of habits and patterns. And so the, the purpose of the mindfulness practice is to begin to understand what goes on in our minds. There's more capacity that we have to see the, uh, the subtle undercurrents of our motivations, of our intentions, of the little prompts for why we do what we do. There's more capacity that we have for that than we think. And um, the more I've practiced um, mindfulness, the more I've felt like the, uh, the notion of there being a kind of a, uh, a rigid barrier around the subconscious. It's, it's just that there's not really a rigid barrier there. It's very permeable and the, um, the mindfulness practice begins to, what I'd say is kind of lower that horizon so that we can start to see the, uh, the movements of our mind and can begin to recognize when our actions may be motivated out of intentions or out of um, directions that are not so helpful for us, that tend to catch us in um, repeating patterns of aversion and confusion and desire. And in the seeing this with mindfulness, the part of it is that um, in the seeing of it with mindfulness, our, our system begins to understand that these directions when we feel what it feels like to be averse while acting, our system understands that that direction of acting out of aversion is not helpful. It's not moving us in the direction of well-being. When that movement of the uh, aversion or desire or confusion is below the level of our conscious awareness, often our, um, our ideas about what we're doing, the idea that I need to get rid of that thing, I need to do this thing, are, are creating a, an obscuring um, uh, landscape that makes us think somehow that acting out of aversion, acting out of greed is actually helping us. But when we start to see with mindfulness that these 
actions out of greed, aversion, delusion are not so helpful, our system begins to reorient towards more helpful um, motivations. And so what, what we're practicing today really is learning how to establish mindfulness in our lives. And we we can do this in the sitting practice, and many of us have done quite a bit of sitting meditation practice. The, um, The sitting practice can be a kind of a refined area of practice because we're sitting still in silence, uh, not moving, not talking to people. And so it's a simpler field. It's a simpler terrain in which we can cultivate this capacity to be aware of what's happening while it's happening. And um, there's some specific kinds of meditation instructions that function particularly well in the sitting practice that may not transfer as easily to the daily life practice. Paying attention to the breathing, for example. Uh, directing the attention to some particular experience. When we are in our daily lives, the attention often needs to be uh, directed or focused on what we're attending to, what we're doing in our lives, driving the car or, or making our breakfast. Or, you know, so we, we, in our daily lives, we may not have the luxury to direct our attention to the breath or to kind of settle or stabilize the mind on one particular experience. And so what we're, what, um, we're exploring here is a kind of mindfulness that is a receptive rather than directed, that allows us to be, begin to become mindful in whatever we're doing. And so not, not having the... There, there can sometimes be a confusion about what mindfulness is. And often, especially if we've mostly done sitting practice, we can confuse or conflate the experience or directing of the attention with mindfulness and think that if we're not directing the attention, it means that we're not being mindful. And what, that's kind of the, the idea that I'd like to shake up today. Because there is uh, a kind of mindfulness that we're, in which we're not consciously directing the attention, in which we're not saying, okay, I'm going to pay attention to this experience. But rather we are s- kind of stepped back and recognizing more what is coming into our attention. So it's less of a conscious choice of what we're paying attention to, but we are able to find that the mindfulness can receive what our system is already paying attention to. So this is the style of the practice that we'll be working with today. It's a, it's a um, form of meditation practice I particularly uh, connected with when I went to Burma to practice with a teacher in Burma. His name is Saira Utejaniya. I'll mention his name probably several times during the day. And so the style of practice I'll be exploring with you today is based on or my uh, understanding of what he teaches. Um, I can't uh, teach what he teaches because I'm not him, but it's my understanding through my own practice of having practiced this in this style for the last 10 years of how, uh, how to, uh, to express or to describe this kind of practice to you.
So today, um, well, one of the things I love about this style is that the instructions for it, very simple instructions, actually. They can be summarized in about three or four sentences. Um, and yet it's helpful to provide some context for those sentences. And so I'll spend some time elaborating on those three or four sentences. But the, um, uh, the, the, what we do in this form of meditation practice in terms of the activity of being mindful, the instructions for this practice are the same whether we're sitting still on the cushion or walking or engaging in cooking a meal or driving a car. The instructions for this kind of meditation practice do not change based on whatever we're doing during the day. And that's what I love about it. It is a kind of meditation practice that teaches being mindful while living. So the three or four sentences. First, the first is uh, relax. That's actually, that's actually pre the three, the three or four sentences. So relaxation is really helpful just to begin because when we relax, uh, there can be a kind of a natural awareness that is present. Recognize awareness. Recognize that you're aware. Notice what you are aware of, kind of already aware of. And from time to time, check in with the relationship of how you are with what you're aware of. So those are the instructions. So a little bit of elaboration on that. Relaxation. Relax. I will say this over and over again throughout the day. When I first started meditating, I, um, I certainly in over-efforted. And I think a lot of us in this culture have a habit of, of over-efforting. It seems to be something that's part of the fabric of... Um, Western culture in general and American culture in particular, the, uh, the movement to uh, do and accomplish. And we bring that pattern to our meditation practice. So I didn't, at the beginning, really explore the possibility of relaxing and seeing how that might support this practice. When we relax, relaxing the body... And and as I go through these instructions, you can explore seeing how they land, you know, listening, you know, what we're doing here, what you're practicing right now is listening meditation. And what you can explore is how do these, how do these um, words that I say have an impact on your system? Maybe just listening and seeing if when I say some of these things, you feel a response in your experience. And so relaxation as we relax the body, relaxing areas of physical tension, you know, the areas where we may tend to hold tension, it um, allows a little bit of relaxation in the mind. 
that when we relax the body, it actually supports a relaxation of mind. There's a a really um, powerful feedback loop between body and mind. And one of the most powerful places of that feedback is in the face. And so, relaxing the face You may, you may be able to touch into a way in which a relaxation of face allows the mind to move into a space of a little more quiet or calm or ease. Just, just noticing that. How does a relaxing of the face impact your system as a whole? A relaxation of body supports a relaxation of mind. When the mind is tense, it tends to be caught in thoughts of past or future. It tends to be pulled out of the present moment. As the mind relaxes, it more naturally begins to be curious about, be interested in just being here. And so these supports of relaxing the body, relaxing the mind are a foundational support for opening to a very natural kind of awareness, of mindfulness that isn't something we have to do, but is more something we step back into. We can begin to recognize that there's a very natural and ordinary capacity that our minds have to be mindful, to be aware of what's happening in the present moment while it's happening. And so relaxing the body, relaxing the mind, and if the idea of relaxing the mind is, is, isn't something, it's something the mind gets confused about, And certainly for me, it was kind of like, what's that? And and the mind kind of tightened up around the idea of relaxing the mind. Um, Gill offers a a kind of an analogy that might serve. Just Just close your eyes for a moment and imagining as if your brain were a muscle. See if you can relax the brain. And what impact does that have? What, it, what effect does that have on your system? So relaxation, relaxing the body, relaxing the mind, begins to open us to this very natural capacity that we have as human beings to be mindful. Mindfulness is it's essentially related to this very human capacity to be aware that we're aware, to be aware of what's happening in the present moment while, we're, while it's happening. It's not something exotic or special. It's really ordinary. And so we're exploring tapping into that ordinary capacity 
and cultivating it to an extraordinary degree. I think it was one of the brilliant things of the Buddha to recognize that this ordinary capacity, when cultivated and turned in a, in a particular direction towards this question of how does our mind create our struggles? In what ways does our mind participate in confusion and struggle and stress? And suffering. As we turn this capacity to that question, I think the brilliance of the Buddha was to to recognize the power of this capacity to be mindful and cultivating it in in a way that establishes it as an ongoing uh, presence. And so the second piece of the um, instruction, are you aware Do you know that you're aware? Now, if you're listening, if you're, if you're actually uh, hearing these instructions, you probably can say that the answer is yes, you, you are aware, that you know that you're aware, but you may not know how you know that you're aware. That's okay. In my experience with this practice, it can take some time to really begin to clearly understand how we know that we're aware. But just the simple recognition, yes, I am aware. I know that I'm aware. That's the beginning of recognizing this very ordinary factor of mind that knows what's happening in the present moment while it's happening. So are you aware? Do you know that you're aware? And then... The next aspect is um, recognizing what that awareness is aware of. There's, in our experience, there's both the mind that kind of receives experience and then there's what the attention is connecting to. And this, this experience or this aspect of experience of what awareness knows <laughs> um, is what we usually associate with our mindfulness practice. That we are aware of what we know. This, this I will often refer to as the object of our meditation or the object of our awareness. The experience that awareness is aware of in a moment. So there's knowing that we are aware and then recognizing what that awareness is aware of. When we are aware, when we know that we're aware, there is something that that awareness is already aware of. Maybe right now it's the sound of my voice or seeing if your eyes are open. There may be body sensations that are are present. So these are objects or experiences that we can be aware of. So as we become aware that we're aware, there's a, the, the receptive aspect of this practice asks us to not go looking for what we are aware of, but kind of like see what, what wants to come to you. What experience is most obvious in this moment? Maybe it's body sensation of pressure, of the hips against the chair, cushion or bench. 
Maybe it's the breath. Maybe it's a a vibratory energy in the body. Maybe it's a particular pain in the body. Or maybe it's the sound of my voice or the seeing. So are you aware? And what's obvious? We can use these kind of as questions. If you find it supportive, you don't have to use the questions. And the questions are not about trying to figure something out, but more about checking in. It's like, am I aware? Just dropping that question into our experience and, and seeing what, am I aware? And yes, I'm aware. What is that awareness knowing? Of what? What's obvious? Oh, body sensation, pressure, tension, seeing, dryness, hearing. It's a flow of experience being received in that awareness. So the use of questions is a tool that can support you, but if you find in using the questions that it takes you into thinking, just explore the possibility of noticing awareness and receiving what that awareness is aware of. As we explore this practice of mindfulness, of being aware and what we're aware of. As I said a few minutes ago, we're practicing cultivating this ordinary capacity of mindfulness to an extraordinary degree. And that takes some level of effort. It takes some level of activity often to get the engine of mindfulness going. And here's where we often... um, make ourselves tense in meditation is how we make effort. So right now, just explore. So I'm going to name some areas like uh, notice the contact of your hips against the chair or cushion or bench, that pressure. Notice the sensations of your hands Notice the contact points of your feet, your feelings in your feet. Maybe notice a breath, an in-breath, an out-breath. And so how hard is it when I name each of those things to become aware of those? Often, in the very naming of those experiences, there can be a very easeful and simple knowing of that experience. So hands, knowing the experience of hands, knowing a breath. So not very hard to be aware in a moment 
of some experience. What is more challenging is being aware moment after moment. And yet the amount of effort to make is no more than that level of effort that it took to be aware of your hands. I mean, how hard is that? How hard was that? Notice your hands right now. Notice your hips. So not very hard. So the level of effort that we make is that light touch of effort repeated moment after moment after moment. I think often in our meditation practice we make the mistake of thinking that okay, I'm going to sit down and meditate for half an hour and so, all right, I'm going to be mindful. I'm going to gear up the energy. And in effect, we almost, it's like we pick up the entire 30 minutes in that first moment and try to create the level of energy we need to stay present for the entire 30 minutes in that first moment. And all we can really do is be present right now in this moment and then do it again and again. And that light touch of effort begins to build a momentum. And so it's a very light touch of effort repeated over and over and over. I sometimes use an analogy of riding on a, a kick scooter, one of the, the little razor scooters that the kids ride, you know, to get the, the scooter started from a stillness, you have to tap a little bit on the ground. A light tap is all that's needed. Multiple taps, tap, 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 to get the scooter going. One big push at the beginning might get you started, but it also will probably make the ride pretty wobbly. So a light tap, we can, we can get, you know, tap and get our balance. Tap, tap, tap. The momentum develops, and then you can ride for a little while. You start to notice the feeling of wobbliness on the scooter, you know to tap again. Very similar to the approach in the effort we make in mindfulness. A light touch of effort to notice, am I aware of what? What's obvious? A light touch, moment after moment. And over time, we'll begin to get familiar with the kind of feeling of the momentum of mindfulness. We'll be able to ride a little wave of mindfulness. And we'll also begin to get familiar with the experience of that mindfulness getting a little wobbly and to recognize, oh, time to kind of connect again. Remind myself with a light touch, a light touch. So that's the way to make effort in this practice. This combination of mindfulness with this light touch of effort, the momentum of mindfulness that builds over time, creates a continuity of mindfulness that can be aware of a stream of changing experience. Sometimes it may settle on one particular experience for a while, like the breath. But it may just be, like in this moment, I'll describe for myself what's obvious, as I did a minute ago, the vibration, seeing, hearing, hearing movement, 
breathing, happiness, hearing, dryness. Just moment after moment, the mindfulness becomes established and receives this flow of human experience. This establishment of mindfulness, the continuity of mindfulness, is how concentration manifests in this practice. It's a different form of concentration than staying with the breath or focusing on one object. But it is a form of concentration that can become very powerful. It can take some trust in this form of concentration um, if you're more familiar with the directed attention form of concentration. It feels a little different. It has some different qualities to it, but it is a form of concentration. And so relax, recognize the awareness and what's obvious. Light touch of effort. The mind will wander. This is going to happen. Of course it's going to happen. It may seem like it wanders more in this style. Anytime we change to a new kind of meditation practice, the mind can get a little bit, um, you know, it's unfamiliar with the form, and so it may wander a little bit more. So working with the wandering mind, as you recognize or wake up, it will happen, the mind will wander, and equally it will happen that the mindfulness will return at some point. The, one of the most important things to recognize when the, the mindfulness returns is that awareness is back. Oh, awareness, aware again. Awareness has returned, aware again. Often in that moment, we are so quick to judge ourselves for having been lost in thought, and we immediately try to yank ourselves back to some experience in the present moment, like the breath. But what we're missing there is that re-arising of mindfulness. That moment when mindfulness returns after the mind has been lost in thought, that's a great moment to begin to get really familiar with what it's like to be aware. Because in that moment, as mindfulness returns, there's a more clear distinction between what it's like to be aware and what it was like just a moment before when the mindfulness wasn't there. So there's a kind of a, a little bit of a capacity to recognize what is it to be aware in that moment. And so recognizing that awareness has returned is a key aspect of the, the practice in re- recognizing that moment after the mind has been wandering. So notice that awareness has returned. You're already back, aware again. And what's obvious in that moment? If the mind feels like it tends to be pulled back into whatever you're thinking about in that moment, if it feels like there's a strong pullback, you're welcome to use at that moment a connection with some obvious experience such as the breath or body sensation to help you let go of that pull. But at the same time, whatever is obvious in that moment, mindfulness has returned and, wow, what's obvious is there's tension in the body, perhaps. Sometimes after the mind wanders, you know, the wandering mind will construct a whole new landscape of experience. And what we wake up into is often some, is some relationship to that landscape. And sometimes it may be has some tension associated with it. So if there is tension noticed when you return from that wandering, 
in that waking up, the return of mindfulness, take some moments to relax the body, relax the mind, and then see again, aware of what? Aware of what? And so often in that moment when we wake up from the mind wandering, recognize the awareness and explore relaxing again. Sometimes in that moment of waking up from a wandering, you might actually notice that there's already relaxation. In fact, more relaxation than before the mind wandered. That can happen. I've noticed that way more than I would have thought in, in letting go of the judgment about the wandering mind. As the mind, mindfulness returns, sometimes I would notice, oh, wow, there's actually a lot of ease right now. And that can be used, at, I mean, that, that is what's happening. So connecting with that. Oh, this is what it's like to feel ease while being mindful. So relax, recognize the awareness, what's obvious. And the fourth part, uh, noticing our relationship to what's happening. I'll just talk about this briefly now and we'll go into this a little bit more uh, in the next period when we talk about instructions. So this um, aspect of noticing our relationship to experience this area of how we are with our experience is um, one of the main places that our habitual tendencies, our conditioned patterns, our subconscious awareness begins to impact our experience. We're often not so aware of how we are with something we're experiencing. We're more aware of what we're experiencing. And so every now and then, checking in with a question perhaps, how am I with this? Or the question that Sayadaw Utejaniya uses, what's the attitude about what's happening? What's the relationship? What's the relationship with what's happening? And so we notice the sound of the train. For some, that sound may create a feeling of nostalgia that creates a kind of a a longing or a loneliness in the back of the mind that may not be seen until you begin to check in. Oh, what's my relation? Oh, longing. Longing is what's happening. Or maybe it creates an aversion. Not liking is what's happening. So this, um, from time to time, Checking in, how am I with what's happening? One of four rough flavors of attitude will be happening at any given time. It'll either be that we want something to be happening or to keep happening. We want something to stop happening. Or we're confused about what to do. Or the mind is at ease balanced, okay, okay with what's happening. So from time to time through the practice, checking in, and I'd say, you know, this isn't something to do a lot of, especially at first. It's more helpful to begin to establish the mindfulness through the relax, aware of what. And then every now and then check in how am I with the experience? 
begin to open to something that might not be so obvious or might be just below the level of subconscious awareness. That asking that question may allow you to become aware of something that wasn't so obvious. And again, in asking that question, how am I with this? It's not about trying to figure it out. It's not about thinking about it. It's like drop the question in and just keep noticing what you're aware of. The dropping the question in may create the conditions for that piece that we hadn't been aware of to kind of bubble up to the surface and present itself. So, am I aware of what from time to time? How am I? What's the attitude? If nothing is particularly obvious around the attitude, that's okay. Just let it go and just keep going with, am I aware of what? So, um, that's the basic instructions and we'll do, I'd like to do a, a little bit of a guided meditation around it, but you've been sitting for a little while and so let's just take a standing break. Um, if you need to go to the bathroom, you're, you're welcome to, but it's going to be a very short break and we are going to have a, a longer break in about half an hour. So just a, a, a brief standing break. <laughs> 